0: Welcome to the Musician's Guide to Mindfulness, the podcast centered around reframing the way we as artists view and participate in the music space. I'm your host Madeline Finn and I hope you find this episode helpful and soul feeding. Um, It's been a heck of a couple weeks over here folks. Um, There's been a lot going on, getting ready for the wedding. Um, I had my bachelorette party which was a was a hoot. Wound up, uh, started in the Smoky Mountains, wound up in New Orleans for Mardi Gras was a whole thing. Um, I'm recording this week. I leave for tour starting next week. So I'm preparing for that. If you're in North Carolina, South Carolina, Chicago, um, Georgia, playing all over Tennessee, I'll be in Cleveland as well, which is my hometown. So for those of you listening in Cleveland, I'd love to see you at the Music Box. I believe the date is April 9th. Yeah. Yeah. It's April 9th. And then I'll also be in Columbus on the 11th and Chicago on the 10th for a whole list of, you know, I'll put a link in the show notes if you're you're trying to catch me on tour. I'm also preparing for our 12-week group. And the biggest news, I guess, is um, many of you have heard on this podcast, I've been talking a lot about the grief I'm having over working this 9-to-5 job and this corporate corporate situation that I've been kind of been, uh, fell into because of, you know, just the times we're in. So the biggest change is on Friday. Um, as of Friday, I am no longer at that position. I am back to being a full-time music person, which is, it's been two years. So I'm feeling a little wobbly, but man, I'm, I'm excited. And, um, I just thank y'all so much for, being here for this for this journey. This is going to be a really interesting time for me as I kind of dive back into doing music as my full-time job. So, you know, kind of talking about what that's been like for me gave me this idea for this podcast. On my lunch break last week, um, I kind of slapped together like haphazardly an episode on being overwhelmed. And I listened back and it honestly just doesn't seem right. Um, it didn't seem right to just Throw something out onto the internet because, you know, I was supposed to timing wise. Um, and it's funny because I, I listened back, and the reason I don't think it was so good is because I recorded it while I was overwhelmed. Um, so I'll probably re record and release that next week. But this week, I wanted to go over something that's like super present in my own experience right now, and that's returning to the craft. Um, and in order to do so, I've found that, you know, the first step that is the most important step to me is allowing myself the time to grieve what was and how things have shifted since the last time music was my full-time job. And I feel like this is pretty apparent for a lot of us, right? Like many of us, even some of you who are, you know, non-music folk who listen, um, you've probably noticed a significant shift in what's at the forefront of our experience and our mind as we've navigated this pandemic together. So like, for example, right, like I've been sitting at a desk working nine to five, sometimes more Monday through Friday, every day for two years. And where I was before that was, you know, making my own schedule and touring and playing shows and, you know, meeting fancy people and opening these awesome things. And and it, in a matter of weeks, just poof, was gone. And now I I was working a nine to five and I had a lot of grief and I had a lot of sadness around losing that part of my, my day-to-day experience. And I'm, I'm wondering maybe if you can connect whether, you know, whether it was your job or even something you love to do, like maybe you couldn't go see shows and that was, that's a big part of your, your world and your life, or maybe you couldn't um, you know, spend as much time with family because of you know safety precautions, or there's, there's a bunch of things it could be, and I wanna make sure that I'm being conscientious of people's experience other than mine, um, but also like it's just kind of at the forefront of my mind with the way that things have been going. Um, and it felt really disconnected and not by choice, and that's, that's the part that was probably the most difficult because oftentimes I think we can choose to be disconnected, and that seems like we have some control over it. Like every once in a while I like kind of don't want to talk to anybody. I just need my alone time. That's, that's disconnection by choice. Um, but when you feel disconnected from something that feels so um, big, like such a big part of your life and you're disconnected from it, you know, not by your own accord. Yeah. That's, that's rough. And it, and it causes a a ton of sadness. Um, yeah. So I guess I'll, I'll just say if, if that's you, if you've experienced some of that over the past two years, um, you're not alone. You're not alone. There's a lot of us. And that's why I think this is an important podcast because as the world starts opening back up, not only to kind of get into the swing of things, but also to remind ourselves if and when we are disconnected from something that we love, not by choice, um, how can we handle it, right? Because most suffering, if you're going off Buddhist principles, suffering is caused by craving, wanting what we don't have or not wanting what we do have. And so what we're gonna talk about today can be applied in a lot of different ways. And as I've practiced around this part of my life um, and letting myself grieve the loss of what was to kind of make room for what's coming, what's next, it's all really been centered around the practice of compassion, Um, for me at least. So I don't know what y'all know about compassion, but um, there's this really awesome definition of it uh, from my, you know, my spiritual lineage, and it's the quivering of the heart in response to pain. Whew. Isn't that awesome? Isn't <laughs> that so good? So compassion is the quivering of the heart in response to pain. And that's both for ourselves and others. There's self-compassion and self-compassion, you know, helps us become more compassionate towards other other people. It's, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. But I love that definition, the quivering of the heart in response to pain. So my teacher, Mikey Noshull, who is awesome, total badass. Um, I'll link some of some of his talks may be for you. He talks about this like ice cream story. He takes you through like he says like, okay, close your eyes and visualize this and walks us through a visualization of, you know, being at a park and seeing a father, daughter combo or whoever, a child and a caretaker and they get ice cream from the ice cream truck. And the, the child drops their ice cream and is visibly very, very upset. And all of a sudden the caretaker is nowhere to be found so you're sitting watching this unfold you're watching this child have pain with no one around whatever kind of arises for you is most likely the feeling of compassion and trust me mikey tells that story much better but it's it's the same way that i feel when you know my my dog george like trips and falls on something it's it's that little like oh oh you sweet bean you know, I, I I feel like you could even just call compassion like the sweet beans, at least for me. Um, and this is important to kind of spend time with this feeling because it's knowing when pain is present. You know, it's sometimes more difficult for us to approach our own pain with a sense of compassion as opposed to the pain of my dog or a child because you're like, oh, a tiny sweet bean. Like it's hard to kind of see ourselves in that same light. So what ends up happening is we um, we feel our pain and that that um, sense in our body instead of you know honoring it we go Mm-mm, big nope big nope don't want pain that is bad pain is bad no thank you and so we we we're trying to push it away. And the way I like to explain it is almost like um, like a swarm of angry bees, right? So let's bees are the worst by the way. <laughs> They terrify me. Um, so let's thinking, think you're like in, in a swarm of angry bees and the more you swat at it, right? The more you're probably going to get stung. Whereas if you kind of sit with it, you may get stung a couple times, but you're not going to cause yourself much extra suffering. Um, And that's the idea here is is treating our pain like a swarm of angry bees. Instead of trying to push it down and swat it away and creating more resistance for ourselves. we're honoring it and we're greeting it with warmth um, to kind of just allow ourselves to experience it so that we can make room for other things. Um, Now, sometimes, I feel like a lot of folks get turned off to compassion or even me, like I got turned off to compassion for a really long time because the near enemy of it is pity. And I don't want to be pitiful. I never wanted to be pitiful. I don't want anyone's pity. I think it's one of the most like, ugh, worst feelings in the world is to feel pitied um, and small. So because compassion, there's a line between compassion and pity that is like pretty murky it's really important to not let that stop us from experiencing and and working on compassion. So how do you know when it turns to pity? In my opinion, it's when the story starts to come up. So when the script flips from, Oh man, that really hurts. I'm in a lot of pain around the fact that I had this opportunity before the pandemic and now, as it is kind of taking on a new shape, I don't have that opportunity anymore, so you know you can that's the the script of compassion allow is like oh wow, like that's that's painful, that's painful. I feel this pain, I honor this pain, I see this pain, and when it flips into like the story of it, right like um for instance, you could say like oh, like everything, my whole world came tumbling down and like everything has been so, so difficult and I don't know how I'm going to bounce back. And I just don't know, like all those little pieces where we tend to kind of overdo it, that's where pity starts to take root. So just kind of be aware of that, I guess. But compassion really is about Instead of pushing away our pain, it's about honoring it without letting it like rearrange the furniture, if that makes sense. And there's another piece of this that's really beautiful, and that's the, important of, the importance of this within our community. Um, the more compassion we can have for ourselves, the more compassion we can have for others in a, in a similar spot. And it kind of just helps us realize that we're not alone. Um, there's a quote from Sharon Salzberg that says, compassion allows us to use our own pain and the pain of others as a vehicle for connection. This is a delicate and profound path. We may be averse to seeing our own suffering because it tends to ignite a blaze of self blame and regret. And we may be averse to seeing suffering in others because we find it unbearable or distasteful, or we may even find it threatening to our own happiness. All of these possible reactions to the suffering in the world make us want to turn away from life. Again, that's Sharon Salzberg, who is another badass. I'll uh, link that article in the show notes she did with Tricycle. And long story short, just like to put it in big, bold letters, we are not alone. And this this career, this path, can tend to be pretty individualistic. It can be pretty, uh, like, pretty lonely. And it's really easy to put your blinders on and only see yourself. I know I really struggle with that. So this is a beautiful way for me to understand um, that I'm not the only one experiencing this. And there's a flip side of this too. Like while we can have compassion for other people and their pain and, and some opportunities maybe they're not getting, we can also learn to have gratitude and sympathetic joy for the things they are getting without it being a direct Correlation to our worth, and we'll talk about that in another episode. If you want to kind of you know do some homework, it's called Mudita. Um, if you want to check that out. Um, but but going back down to this, so like the the practical application, how do we practice compassion? And you know just to reiterate, compassion practice is noticing and honoring the pain we are experiencing without letting it run the show. It's not about spinning in the suffering of the stories the mind's created around that pain. The way that you know I've learned to practice compassion is first of all, noticing when pain is present. It requires a lot of mindfulness to be able to know when we're experiencing pain in order to greet it with warmth because the, the reaction that we will most likely have off the rip is to be reactive, is to push it away, is to distract ourselves. Once we've determined pain is present, The way that I've learned to practice this is phrases. So you can come up with your own phrases. You can Google phrases. I'll put like an outline to a meditation so you can see what some of the phrases are like. Um, Most of the time, the ones I use are like may I, you know, even, I don't even really like use the may I's. When I see pain as present, I say like, I see you, I know you, I love you, I honor you. All right, so I see you, I know you. I love you, I honor you. Some folks like to say, like, I feel you, I see you, I know you, I honor you. Um, those are just some really basic ones when we see our pain. And you can do this in a, in a bunch of ways, whether you have a meditation practice and you want to actually spend time saying these phrases, um, you know, quietly to yourself or, you know, silently to yourself in meditation. Whether you have a gratitude gratitude practice in the morning and you, you know, kind of want to make this a part of it. You could say it before bed. You could say it in the bathroom mirror. You can even put like little posters up, whatever, whatever you want. It's just whenever pain arises, remembering these, these phrases or whatever phrases work for you in order to kind of start to incline the mind. And that's a good segue because they're at first it will probably feel pretty dry right? It'll probably feel pretty like, okay, well, this is stupid. I don't feel anything. We expect sometimes that these phrases will like ignite something. And then all of a sudden we'll be like the most compassionate person on earth. It's not how it works. The The dry practice is really important because there's a, you know, There's a saying, whatever one thinks and ponders upon becomes the inclination of the mind. So the more that we do this dry practice, the more that we ponder and think on these things, it becomes the inclination of the mind. So that way, when pain arises, we are just automatically kind of going to that place of compassion. Now, on the flip side of that, there is wet practice, which is more of a felt sense of like... I see you, I know you, I feel you, I love you, I honor you to your pain. And that comes with time and it's not always going to be that way. So just a disclaimer there. Um, yeah. So compassion's kind of the coolest ever. Um, you know, it's that quivering of the heart in response to pain. And what I, my hope is, is as, you know, this, this new chapter, this new season starts, whatever that holds, that this will be a tool that, we can use as, as, a, as a community, as a music space to, to be compassionate with ourselves and with others because what we do is pretty, pretty unstable sometimes and there's a lot of pain that stems from that instability, especially during this time and I hope that this, uh, this practice and this idea of compassion can ignite a, a way for us to greet it that is wholesome and helpful instead of reactive obviously i would love to hear your perspective on this topic as always you can email me at madeline at madelinefinmusic.com or send me a direct message on instagram my handle is just madelinefinmusic as well um yeah that's about it i'm working on putting together this 12-week group based on the book the artist way by julia cameron um You know, we're kind of using the book as a loose guide for getting unstuck, working with creative blocks, um, that sort of thing. To keep up with that, you can sign up for the mailing list in the show notes below. Thanks for listening. Peace and love. Have a great day.